0: Transformative Power of Friendship, May 18th, 7.44 p.m. Posted by a ricochet member, the King Prawn. Read out loud by Jimmy Carter. Many years ago, I was a young, pig-headed submarine sailor. While I was serving aboard USS Nevada Gold, a new crew member reported to the ship. He was even younger than me, and he was loud and exuberant and very, very annoying. He came across as a typical jock. Ruggedly handsome, fit as a fiddle, acted like the world revolved around him, a pride breeding stud. He was the embodiment of all I hated in a human being. Did I mention that he was annoying? Everywhere the guy went, he made himself the center of attention whether people wanted to give him attention or not. His personality entered the room well in advance of his body, and his voice often before that. He would come into the crew's mess, being his usual annoying self, and so irritated me, I would just pick up my tray and leave. Yet this guy was so off-putting, he could put this pet kid off a donut. I it in his presence. I needed my ambition to experience as little of the men as I could. Little did I know the boisterousness was a sham. Rather than being a lad of supreme confidence, he was very insecure in his environment. Plucked from his Home almost immediately after high school, he found himself an insignificant nub, an unuseful body, on one of America's most fearsome ships. No longer was he the toast of the school. No longer was he the captain of any team. No longer was he a big fish in a small pond. He had become the most insignificant of fish in a much larger ocean. I would never have known these things because I certainly wasn't about to ask, and he wasn't about to tell any one of his struggles. He was alone and lonely in the midst of 160 men, and it was tearing him apart inside. What this man sought the hide God revealed. In his season of pain, God reached out to him, and the young man responded. But I knew nothing about it because I was too blind to see. At this time, I served in the singles ministry at my church. We had a group of about 60 to 100 young folks finding their way in the world, and my nemesis found his way to our meeting. I watched him carefully, even as I played guitar and led the group in worship. I knew his type. He was there as a predator, and the young ladies of the church were were to be his prey. I trusted my finely calibrated vulture radar to judge him unworthy of our fellowship. I vowed to protect my friend from my enemy. Besides, who likes competition? Then the most unexpected thing happened. As I was one of the only people he knew in the place, he approached me after the meeting and asked me to pray with him. Doing my Christian duty, I agreed. We prayed, him sincerely and me grudgingly. After the amen, he just started talking. He told me of the deep pain he experienced after shaking onto the boat. He explained how in his brokenness, God found him. Seeds planted while he was a child, after a long termination, sprouted and produced the fruit of his salvation. He told me about his newfound excitement for learning more about God and the Christian life. He asked me if I could help him in his new journey. Then a more unexpected thing happened. I asked him to pray with me. I confessed my hatred of him. I poured out the bitterness of my soul with him. We became friends that day. Our next patrol, we were in the same watch section. After each watch, he went to the yeoman's office to do his daily work, and I often sat in the office with him. We listened to music, we talked, we studied the Bible together, and we prayed. Over the next couple of years, while we served together on Nevada, we grew very close. He was very still outgoing and boisterousness, but to put a smile on my face instead of a scowl when he entered the mistakes. No longer my mortal enemy. He was my friend. than that, he was my brother. I grew to love him. Tom being the destructive bastard that it is put distance between us. Initially, it was only physical distance. But inevitably, our lives took different forks in the road. He moved to the D.C. area after he separated from the Navy while I stayed in Washington State. We traded emails for a time, but that ceased as we both became busy with working families. No more did we experience life together as brothers. Through the miracle of Facebook, we reconnected not long ago. We don't communicate regularly, but I silently celebrated as I read of his family moving into their first house. I smile at pictures of his adorable daughter. On the way home, I sent a message yesterday and asked what I should do while I'm in D.C. He immediately replied, his immediate reply was, quote, call me, end quote. Apparently, I wasn't the only one moved by our friendship. At least one of my nights in D.C. will be spent telling sea stories and reminiscing about the good old days on the bad old boat. We'll have a dinner. We'll enjoy a pipe and cigar together. We'll rekindle a friendship laid dormant by the busyness of life and physical separation. Even if it's only. Even if it's for only a night, we'll live as brothers again. I bet we'll even reenact the genesis of our friendship and pray together. We'll thank God for the enduring love of brotherhood, and we'll rejoice in the transformative power of friendship.